Hello, and welcome to Open to Hope's conference, Finding Hope During Uncertain Times. I'm Sherry O'Loughlin, and I'm the CEO of the Compassionate Friends. And this is our breakout session uh, titled Finding Hope After the Death of a Child, Perspectives from Bereaved Grandparents, Parents, and Siblings. We are really honored and grateful to be a part of this important topic today and this important conference that is affecting so many across our nation and internationally on so many different levels. And I welcome you if you're a TCF member and you know us well listening, or if you're someone who really doesn't um, know what the Compassionate Friends is, we, we abbreviate it TCF. If I say that acronym, that's what I'm using. And we welcome you to learn more today as well. And we hope some people will continue to join us as our session goes on. So whether you're someone who has experienced the direct death from somebody uh, who has had COVID-19, or whether you may have had a passing of someone during this time from some other cause when commemorations and funerals and memorial services aren't possible in the important way that we have known them to be, or whether you may have had other losses, um, especially economic ones that are so broad and prevalent. Um, job loss, business loss, career shifts in the graduating and where we thought we would be right now, and certainly the other family dynamics that we're seeing that are accompanying losses during this time. We're all coming together to talk about this very collective grief and loss that we have, both on an individual level and in our families, as well as collectively that we're seeing together. The number of deaths from COVID-19 are staggering and numbers that are unprecedented, unprecedented for us to have seen in many of our lifetimes in such a short time span or from any one national crisis. And when we multiply those out internationally, uh, the numbers are, are truly mind boggling. In addition, we have the circumstances of anxiety, fear, worry, uncertainty that is just um, prevalent for so many, not knowing exactly what things will look like in a few months and how our plans that we laid out will look and whether or not we will have more loss than we have seen in these last months. And finally, something many of our members would recognize easily are triggers. For anyone who has had traumatic bereavement, the triggers are many right now, um, where we really worry about having to go through some dramatic loss again in our family and what that might be like. We're so happy to have the opportunity to share with you today about the Compassionate Friends. And for those of you who may not know us, um, we'll go through some slides in a little more detail but I'll just introduce us to say that we are a national and international nonprofit that has been serving families very specifically after the death of a child. That's the unique work that we do. And we have been doing this in the United States for over four decades and are actually nearing our 50th anniversary, which is really um, amazing to think about how many people we have been able to help in that time. We provide uh, active support groups in locations. We have over 500 of them across the country, maybe more. They're in every state. And we also have wonderful online communities, our Facebook communities and our online chat support. And we'll share um, information today specific to the loss of a child. But a lot of the stories you will hear and perspectives that might be shared are things that can be for anyone on any journey of loss and dealing with these really significant life transitions that are out of our control in a lot of cases right now. I would like to take a minute just to acknowledge our fathers um, out there. Father's Day was yesterday and all of those fathers who may have been missing their precious child by their side 
and having them present in a different way, please know that we acknowledge the day and the challenges and our hearts go out to you as those days are always particularly poignant and um, meaningful and symbolic for us. Professionally, uh, as I said, I'm the CEO of the Compassionate Friends and professionally I've actually spent more of my career in the business areas, much of my career there. And I shifted to working as a professional in the bereavement field more recently. I am a bereaved mother and I'm a bereaved youth um, from long ago when I was growing up. Decades ago when I was only nine years old, my eight-year-old sister Patty died while we were on a family vacation. And this was at a time when the Compassionate Friends was just beginning here in the US and was not in my area and chapters had not really um, had a chance to grow in any significance and, and really nobody had heard of sort of that kind of support that following that kind of devastating loss, maybe support would be helpful for families. Growing up in the Midwest at the time, um, the prevalent you know, belief system was more about pull yourself up by your bootstraps you have other children in the family, other things to do, and you know, the more you move on and forget about that, the healthier it will be for your family. And while nobody intended anything negative by that, that's just the, what we knew and what we understood at the time for the most part, um, that was not a great way to support families. It was a pretty tough, um, tough experience to journey through that without a lot of conversation support or some of the things we know today. So I've had that experience of being a bereaved sibling for many decades, most of my life, but also um, having a sense of how families are affected over long periods of time by a significant loss like a child in, in ways that often aren't apparent to outsiders when maybe outsiders have moved on long ago, but it's still, it's still something that changes every year of a family's life. I never imagined I would experience uh, that type of tragedy and loss again, but in a different way. And I was shocked and devastated to lose one of my own three children in July of 2012, my beloved 14-year-old son, Connor, who was killed tragically in an accident. The Compassionate Friends was active, but not something I had heard of. It wasn't an organization I was familiar with, and I was extremely grateful when a friend came to our memorial service and introduced the idea to me and said, I will come pick you up and take you to a meeting in a little while, which she did and gave me the ability to even begin to have a path forward um, that I had not known prior. And I was um, truly grateful after my life had changed in an instant from everything I planned and I loved and envisioned to have the opportunity for support locally and in chapters, um, some life-saving friends uh, who now are still in my life as very close friends, and then also to have um, the national conference services and national services, as well as the online services. And I did see the truly amazing impact that TCF has in people's lives. So now I serve by helping others through the Compassionate Friends in honor of my son, Connor, and my sister, Patty. Pamela G., would you next introduce yourself? Sure, sure. Thank you, Sherry. So I'm Pamela Gabe, and I'm working with this wonderful organization, the Compassionate Friends. Uh, when I was in my 20s, both of my parents died, my dad in a truck accident and my mom from cancer, uh, two weeks after she was diagnosed. So it all happened very quickly. That's actually how I ended up in the grief field. And 
that's a long story for a different day, but I had a series of things that happened where I knew this is where I would spend my life. And uh, so that has been about 25 years ago. Uh, since then, I have run a Center for Grieving Kids, I've run a grief camp for kids, and uh, these days I do a lot of trainings uh, across the United States with different organizations uh, like Compassionate Friends and National Alliance for Grieving Children, Hospice Foundation of America, and some others. Um, I am serving the Compassionate Friends in honor and memory of both my parents, but most especially my stepdaughter, Megan, and also two siblings uh, of mine that died. One, one of my brother and a sister both died and my brother died before I was born. So I was raised by a grieving mom and it taught me a lot from a young age about grief. Uh, and then as a result of all of these experiences, when I had an opportunity to do a dissertation, I did do it on post-traumatic growth and healing and hope because that resonated so much with me. So I'm delighted to be here and so glad all of you are here as well. I'm Chris Lorenzo. My grief journey started in 2003. On um, July 4th of 2003, uh, me, my dad and my two brothers, Zach and Alex were on a boating trip and our boat struck low-lying power lines which electrocuted both of my brothers. Um, Actually, fortunately, the mass of the sailboat broke. Uh, otherwise, uh, me and my dad both would have been electrocuted as well. So um, after that happened, we, uh, after the funeral and everything, someone told my parents about the Compassionate Friends, and they attended their first meeting the following month. Uh, I never got involved with TCF until um, 2005, when I was forcibly dragged to a national conference. Um, I was only 11 at that time. And uh, once I came to a national conference, I met a large network of other surviving siblings who could relate to what I had gone through. And since then, I've only missed, I think, two, two national conferences. And um, in terms of how I'm involved with TCF now, um, I really do enjoy working with TCF and uh, trying to help other people. Um, it's been a long time for me, obviously, it's been 17 years. Um, but I currently, uh, at every national conference, I present workshops and sit on panels and um, volunteer with the sibling program. I'm also a, a Facebook moderator for uh, one of our closed uh, Facebook groups. And actually, I'll be joining the TCF board in about a month. And uh, I'm excited for that. Hello, my name is Pamela Hagens, and I tend to go by my pseudonym of Samuel Steady. Samuel is our eldest son, um, and at the tender age of 19, he passed away, and it's been hard to believe, seven years, um, just shy of seven years, and a friend of a friend told um, me about the organization. They gave a a newsletter of a local chapter in Nashville. And um, a couple months later, I um, just called and walked through the doors. And um, here I am uh, now seven years later, and I participate um, on the leadership steering committee for the Nashville chapter and have been involved um, at the national conferences, which has been such a 
tremendous honor and blessing. Um, but just being a moderator of some of the workshops, I've really been enjoy enjoying being a part of some of the workshops with the siblings being a moderator and just having two surviving sons hearing their perspective. But um, I enjoy health and fitness. I enjoy writing. So I speak and with my reflections uh, just about this journey. Um, just an outlet for myself and just to encourage others and inspire others and also just to be a voice in the grief community. And I love health and fitness, so I um, have had opportunities to inject that side. And it's important to um, take care of yourself. And it's hard to think about that when you're deep in grief, but I enjoyed working out before. And so I enjoy helping people find their pace and their place, whatever that may be, um, but just taking care of themselves. So I serve in honor of um, our eldest son, Samuel. And I have a husband, a great friend of 30 years, and we have two sons that are now 24 and 20 years of age. I'm Debbie Fleur and I'm from Wisconsin. My loss was a grandchild, Avery, at the age of two. It was due to an accidental choking, which led his heart to stop and then restarted. And after that, we spent two weeks in um, ICU in Children's Hospital. Um, I serve with TCF as a administrator moderator of three different private Facebook groups. And I work with the staff on different various projects that they select me to work on. I also do some training with our many administrators and moderators of our private Facebook groups, which I believe we have around 70 of at this time. Um, I serve in honor, of course, and in memory of my grandson, Avery. That's one thing that's really special about TCF, um, if you have not participated, I think, is that we share who we serve in memory and honor of. And we do that at most every gathering. And it's just a way to um, bring us back to our hearts and remind us why we do this work and um, ensure we bring the best of ourselves at that moment in order to do that work. And I love that about TCF. Chris, I was thinking about your introduction, and I was wondering, you know, how did you feel when you went to that first sibling meeting? I know kicking and screaming is not an uncommon first reaction, but when you actually heard other people's stories and learned that there were other siblings who had lost, what was that experience like for you? I think, um, I think actually siblings, the, one of my uh, favorite quotes is that siblings are forgotten grievers. Uh, no one ever asked us how we feel. I remember when my two brothers died, um, everyone told me to be strong for my parents. Uh, I had a few people tell me to be strong for my grandma and uh, no one ever asked me how I was doing. And so that was really the first time that I went somewhere where people were asking me about me and it felt so welcoming. It's like putting on a warm sweater or something, you know, it's, you just felt surrounded by people who cared. And that's why I haven't missed a sibling meeting for, you know, 15 years because it just, um, there's nothing that can replace that feeling of being completely understood and um, having that care from other people. Pamela H., I wanted to ask you, um, what are some of the things that have helped you most in coping with your grief? Oh, let's see, I think I alluded to earlier, I enjoy exercising. Um, 
I needed a, a place that I could put some of that energy early on. It was just hard to find it. Uh, I wasn't at that point to go out and exercise, but I've always um, enjoyed writing and it took on a new spin. When this happened, it, it became more therapeutic and just to put my thoughts to paper um, some days, it may have been as simple as I miss Samuel or I'm angry, or just to be honest, there were some days I just wrote, I'm pissed. Um, um, and then there were days that I, I thought of things that I just spoke to Samuel in my writing. And so that tremendously helped me um, keep in a journal. And what has been really great looking back now to see the growth. Sometimes it's hard to see you, you, the mundane, the day-to-day, -day, I'm still in this place. But um, as I begin to look back, even a year after it happened, I could see little glimpses of, of my mood changed and, and how I was able to share and express what I was feeling. Um, so that was helpful, keeping a journal, um, exercising and finding a community of people. The compassionate friends were, they were a tremendous blessing and resource. Uh, two months after it happened, um, I called and I say I walked through the door, but I felt like I was being led in on a gurney, on a stretcher, because I felt like all the life was bleeding out of me. And so the organization has been such a resource to our family. And um, you have to find what works for you. Um, but it's it's nice, as Chris said, when, you know, with, his, with the siblings and being able to make that connection. So you need to find community. So um, finding community that may be your neighborhood, that may be a counselor, resources it may be your church but find community of people so those are things that were helping help for me um you know working out journaling and finding a community of people debbie i wanted to ask you as a grandparent what things are unique about being a brief grandparent that we might not think about some of the unique things about a bereaved grandparent is the fact that due to our age a lot of the members I found have actually lost a child themselves years ago. And because we're elderly, grief was not addressed back then by parents. So a lot of that was more doctors were telling the their patients to, you know, just try to forget about it, have another child type thing. And uh, siblings also, or grandparents who have other grandchildren that are siblings of the lost loved one, that is a great concern for grandparents because they say a lot of times grandparents have the double grief, that of their child and also of their grief, but there's also the siblings. So in my mind, I always think of that. I have triple grief because I have two young siblings in one case. That's a lot of different levels of grief to try to work across when you just have your own sadness and your own pain. Right. And a grandparent will always put their child's grief ahead of their grief. And in my case, along with siblings, you know, they're, they're the most important. And my journey was started nine years ago. My boys are now teenagers, but those two grandchildren get more attention because it's needed. And their loss was tremendous of their little brother. Yes, definitely. Thanks, Debbie. Sure. Pamela, I see we're having lots of questions come in. So we'll we'll intersperse a little bit. If you want to um, put one or two questions out there, let's take those. 
Yes, actually, we had a couple of questions uh, right off the bat about the sibling program and um, whether or not the sibling credo is published. Uh, also, I wanted to know a little bit more about just the sibling program throughout TCF and um, perhaps a little bit about the sibling Facebook group. So the sibling credo, it should be on the Compassionate Friends website, I think. If you just go on CompassionateFriends.org, all three of the credos should be there. Um, so there's a sibling, a grandparent, and a general TCF uh, credo. And then in terms of the sibling program, so um, I think that, um, you know, siblings are welcome at any local chapter. So there's over, um, as Sherry said, there's about 500 local chapters. Siblings are welcome at any of them. However, uh, what I found from my personal experience is that in the smaller towns, there's not a very large sibling program. Um, it's generally um, mostly parents that come. So I've always been around smaller chapters and I didn't um, attend the local chapters for that reason. However, um, you can contact your local chapter for information about if they have a sibling program. The uh, private Facebook groups, there's, it's a very large group right now and uh, there's always someone there to talk to. And I think a lot of us stay connected that way. Um, during the pandemic, we've also been doing uh, kind of regular Zoom chats, uh, sibling Zoom chats, which have been kind of a cool way to connect. And then, of course, um, there's the national conference, which is kind of the family reunion when everyone gets together in person. Uh, depending upon where you live, the local chapters is also a great place to go because, um, you know, if, if they have a good sibling program, that's, that's a great resource to have people near you. We have a grandmother who would like to um, have a little more information about what programs are available for grandparents. The national website, as Chris pointed out, has the different resources. You'll find the private Facebook groups for loss of a grandchild on that site. You just click on a link to find that. We also have loss of a loss by miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant loss. That would be under the age of two for grandparents at the private um, Facebook site. And of course, grandparents are welcome to all chapter meetings that you can locate the chapter locator on the national website and just enter your zip code in and it'll bring up various chapters around you. Um, like when I enter my zip code, there may be five or six of them because usually we space chapters at least within 20 miles of one another. So you can also join a chapter, and if you're not comfortable with that particular chapter, if there won't be many grandparents in it, you might want to try a different chapter. So I uh, want to mention the website one more time, and then Pamela H. has actually offered to do a 60-second stretch with us at the end, which I think would be a wonderful way to wrap up. So compassionatefriends.org is our website with lots of information and um, ways to go ahead and get what you need after this if there's ways that we can help you even if it's just general information about a grief support community so thank you all today and i'm going to turn over to pamela to help us re-energize as we have been sitting for two hours <laughs> yes, we have. just relax wherever you are in front of your technology just relax whatever that looks like for you you don't have to look into the camera you don't have to look at anybody else just relax your shoulders um, just take a gentle breath in and just exhale out 
Just slowly take your chin to your chest. Oh, maybe dozing off like that. Just stretch out the back of your neck. We've been looking at our technology. Oh, raise your head slowly. And just slowly take your chin to your chest. Exhale. Slightly turn and look at your left shoulder. Just hold it there. Come back to the center of your chest. Just turn and look at the right shoulder. Just gaze in that direction. Come back to the center. Lift your head. Inhale. Just slowly sit up nice and tall this time. Shake out your shoulders. Shake your body. We've been moving, standing still in front of the camera. Nobody's looking at us. Just shake your body. <laughs> so close your eyes. Shake your body. Just turn and look over your left shoulder. Pause and look. Come back to the center. Turn and look over your right shoulder. Back to the center. Take that left ear and just take it to the shoulder. I'm just going to ask you to reach that opposite hand. Just press through the heel of your hand. Feel that nice stretch down the side of your body. Relax that hand down. Bring your head to the center. Take that to the opposite side, that ear toward the shoulder, that opposite hand. Just push through the heel out and away. Feel that nice stretch in your neck. Come back to the center. Take your chin to your chest again. Slowly raise your head. Roll your shoulders back. Just take them up and around nice and easy. Just stretch out the muscles at the bottom of your neck. Don't worry about looking into the camera. Just close your eyes if that feels comfortable for you. Reverse that. Roll the opposite direction. And I want you just to bring your hands in front of you. Make a gentle fist and just extend your hands open. Stretch them out. Gentle fist. And stretch them out. Extend one hand towards your technology. Take the opposite and just pull down on your fingers. Just stretch them out. Pull back on that thumb. Take the opposite hand. Face it out in the way. Your palm is facing the ceiling. Pull down on your fingers toward the floor. Pull that thumb back in. And just shake that out like you're sprinkling water. Just lightly come up on one toe and just outline the side of your foot. You may have wires nearby, but just go from your toe to the side of your foot, to the heel of your foot, to the inside. Switch that out. Go to the other foot and go from the toe, the outside of the foot, to the heel, to the inside. Repeat that. Now, She froze to one side, come center the other, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> you froze right at the end, but we've got 99%. <laughs> Thank you for that. We appreciate it. But especially the neck felt good after sitting still and steady for two hours. So. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate your great questions. We appreciate your comments. Thank you to our panelists for taking time today to really share a very um, broad perspective about grief that's in a family with the death of a child and how we cope and how we deal and move forward. So blessings to everybody and I hope you enjoy the rest of the day of the conference. Maybe. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. I've learned that it helped me to help others, to know I'm not the only one, put one foot in front of the other, find a life. Adding hope to the darkness, you start on the trip to recovery. Reach deep down inside and say, I am going to live on. We laugh, we cry, and remember. Hope without action doesn't work. Hope with action can change the world. 
we always say, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours.